Blog Talk Radio. Tonight we'll go back in time, the season's past, when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard game, one final score that would bring victory, battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron grace. Welcome to gridiron grace, football, it's memorabilia, on the gridiron grace publisher and broadcasting network. We're live from the Southport, North Carolina home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America that focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 150-plus years of football history and memorabilia, and you'll find us on the web at Gridiron Greats Magazine. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host, the senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Largent. Who hails from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Joe Squares, Joe. Welcome to the show this evening. Ah, Captain, so good to be back. Seems like, what, just a couple days ago we were speaking. <laughs> we are we are in one of the most rapid Gridiron Grace podcast schedules ever, as the year will be over <laughs> in scant days, and we are finishing up our shows for 2021. And I'd like to announce to our audience this evening, and for those people who are going to be listening, we uh, are going to do a uh, early year-end wrap-up for Gridiron Greats on the podcast and the football card and memorabilia collecting worlds. Uh, we're going to have an, one and possibly two shows after this show, but while we have our schedule availability right now, uh, Joe and I are going to be talking about the year in review, 2021. And a lot happened this year in the hobby. A lot happened, especially to me personally, in the hobby, uh, since I made a move from the illustrious compound in Wallingford, Connecticut, to a someday someday finished town here in Southport, Southport, North Carolina. So I moved. I have not seen any, literally anything in my collection since August. 
of this oh. year because everything is still in storage. Uh, I've got a handful of my really personal items here with me. And uh, I can't wait to see my collection again. I'm getting antsy. And uh, hopefully everything looks like we're going to be in in January, so uh, things will be better and more back to normal at that time. But in any event, a lot happened in 2021. And I think the first part of our show tonight, we'll go over some of the guests we had on the show in 2021. And then we'll talk about a bunch of auction items and another and uh, we'll also talk about a bunch of other items that happened and occurred during the hobby during our past year. So uh, I'm going to lead off talking about a few guests. Um, one guest we had on twice this past year yep. for a very, very important reason, because uh, he was going to be, you know, he was in a contest to get elected to be a finalist as a fan in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that is our good friend of yep. the show, Cleveland Browns Super Collector, the show dog, Ray Prisby. And yeah. uh, I'm very happy, very happy Ray won. Uh, we got to see a lot of inside stuff that he went through during the whole process. And uh, he has been on the show numerous times. As far as I'm concerned, any man with that kind yep. of collection of Cleveland Browns oh, yeah. is more than welcome on our show any day. <laughs> yep. Ray, Ray, Ray Showdog was, show was in episode 77 talking about the selection of, you know, just how it worked out and Jim Brown's personal visit to his home. And then he was on mm-hmm. a month later, episode 79, talking about the experience of winning being the you know Hall of Fame collector of the year, definitely a great guest, and what a great honor to win that! Incredible, truly incredible. I mean, it just it gives me goosebumps to even think about it. And um, on my bucket list, on my bucket list, there's a few collections I still need to see, and Ray's going to be one. I'm going to try to uh, get over there to Ohio and. Uh, stop over his house and just take it in because it's uh, an incredible collection to say the least. Uh, we also had on yeah. our show uh, this past year, John Sanchez and his McFarland super collector collection. Um, his stuff was just totally unbelievable and it's completely different than the yeah. norm that we look at is what people collect to say the least. And uh, John gave us some inside um, uh, P- the inside view of his collection in a, um, I don't know what the word is, it's like a catalog he sent to you and I uh, with regards oh. to it. It's truly amazing, truly amazing. This is Mike Johnson, correct? The custom McFarland maker? No, no. Did I grab that out of one? Now, um, Mike Johnson was the one who actually created a bunch of those for John. John was the actual collector. Uh, so oh, we had John it. on. I... John was on January right. twenty. Yeah, John was on January twenty sixth, and then Mike was on on in uh, June, June seventh, and uh, he discussed how he made them, so on and so forth. So, wow. but uh, John, John's. Uh, collection is just truly incredible to look at and to view. Amazing. Truly amazing. 
And um, we had good friends, Martin yeah. Jacobs, on he had, in April. Yeah, John, April 28th. Catalog that, catalog that he sent us for review was incredible. The, you know, the, the you know the Chuck Bednarik hit the uh, you know the four horsemen. There were just some really really good McFarlands that he had made in there. That was impressive. And again, just a different, as we were talking with Judy earlier, a subset of the collection of collecting. Just uh, you know, right. he collected football cards and sheets and tickets, et cetera. I mean, and you, you might even just say, you know, sheets, tickets, stubs, and programs are a subset of collecting. And, you know, collecting McFarland's is too. And it's just, it's fascinating to see what other people collect. It's kind of cool. It, it, it's definitely cool. And, and, it's, and it definitely gives you a better perspective on the hobby, especially when you're looking at somebody like, uh, like his collection, which is incredible. And again, that's what he focused on. So that's his collection. And it's just, it's just amazing to me. Beautiful collection of stuff that he has. Um, yeah. And, again, you, you brought up a good point. Judy was just our most recent guest that we had this past weekend. And, um, yeah, I had a couple of people comment to me about her and her collection. And they, they brought up about, you know, the, the paper, you know, paper collectibles. And they're becoming scarcer and scarcer. Is that good? Is that bad for the hobby? Debatable, to say the least. But, again, I always enjoyed any game I went to. I would try to pick up a program and keep a ticket stub, my ticket stub from the game. Obviously, some games that I went to over the years, we didn't have, you know, in high school, we didn't have programs, we didn't have tickets, so on and so forth. Two college games I went to over the years, uh, not just for football, but for other games I saw, we didn't have tickets, we didn't have programs or anything like that. But today, because it's so everything is so electronic, yada, 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 all that area is rapidly losing steam, and I don't think that's necessarily good for the hobby for the long run, long run to say the least. But uh, I still think there is always going to be a strong part of our hobby looking for uh, statues, bobbing heads, McFarland, so on and so yep. forth. Yep. I think that's always going to be evident. Yep, to say the least. Like I said before, we also had our friends Martin Jacobs on on April 28th oh, yeah. and Chris Willis, May 27th. Chris, Martin to me is 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 a piece of the hobby. I mean, anyone who's talked about being a you know, you know, humping up and down Kaiser Stadium carrying pop and delivering it is uh, incredible. I loved his story about how he, you know, started to come across jerseys and stuff. Just, I, I loved him as a guest. Yeah. Martin, Martin and I go back a long time. Um, yeah. And, again, I, I, re- I really got to thank him for his contributions to Gridiron Greats Magazine. I know it keeps him young writing those articles. And, um, <laughs> you know, just just amazing uh, just an amazing memory and recollection of, of all the games that he's, he's seen, he's gone to, all the errors he's been through, all the players he knows and has known. Uh, truly amazing aspect of his uh, knowledge of not just the 49ers, but the NFL in general, the AAFC in general. And um, yeah. an amazing, amazing man, amazing man. Chris Willis is, is is Chris. Uh, I mean, he's uh, an incredible author, seven books, working on another dream job at NFL Films, uh, never without 
something to talk about with regards to this next project, so on and so forth. Um, I, I, I did, actually yes. was talking to talking to somebody um, maybe a week or two ago, and we had mentioned my old Football Times newsletter, and I said Chris was one of my first writers for the magazine. He wrote to me and he said he was in grad school, and he'd like to write something about you know football. I said sure. Go right ahead. So I, I kid everybody. I said I gave Chris his, his uh, chance in the hobby and chance in the publishing world, and he went forward with it all the way. But uh, amazing, amazing types of uh, books he's written and amazing information he's pr- provided uh, the football world in general, to say the least. Totally. Totally. I keep waiting for that Steve Largent. You know, uh, books come out, come. and I'm sure it's somewhere on the list of Chris. Uh, coming. Great guest. I always enjoy talking to him. He's really fun to follow on uh, Twitter as well. He's very active, very knowledgeable. Very much so. Uh, we also had a bunch of super collectors from other teams over the year. Uh, they included Byron Adams, uh, who was a uh, big Dallas Cowboys super collector on March 16th. And we also had... Yep. Uh, Troy Jello, Green Bay Packers super collector on March 4th. Yep. And um, I like Troy. We also had him. I remember his uh, his white whale was a Don Hudson uh, Wheaties panel. Yep. Yep. Amazing piece. Amazing piece. Yeah. Those two guys had had incredible collections. Great collections. Incredible collections to look at and to view. Truly amazing. And then we had um, a gentleman from Twitter, Paul Journal, on March 24th, John Turry. <laughs> yeah. And we we had a very interesting discussion with him. Yeah. Um, Did you do air quotes when you football. said very interesting? Bob, when you said very interesting, <laughs> were you doing air quotes above your head? <laughs> that, was, uh, that, that was me looking through people I follow on Twitter for a guest opportunity, and that was my swing and miss. I'm 0 for 1, Bob. I might not get another at bat with you. <laughs> nah, don't ever say that. I mean, you know, you know, I, I always, I've always said this, you know, when I started doing this many, many years ago, and I remember before I actually did the podcast, I was filling in on a bunch of podcasts for the old weatherhead of the Grid Orange Football Podcasting Network, and that was basically 2010, 2011, right around that time. And um, some of the shows we did with the old um, the old network, I never knew what to expect. And I never hosted anything. I was a co-host. I was a fill-in co-host. I was a guest host several times. And uh, it was truly amazing, some of the stuff I, we, we went through on some of those interviews. And, and again, it's, just, it's the nature of the business. You know, not, not everybody's comfortable about talking about things. And at the same time, not everybody, not everybody is, um, I don't know, for lack of a better term, um, excited about it. So, you know, it is what it is. So, But we, I got to say this, in all the years we've done this, we, we've had some very, very interesting guests, to say the least. And each year it seems something different that neither one of us knows anything about will pop up and we'll talk to a collector or a writer or whatever, or whoever, yeah. with regard to their uh, to their collection or their writing or whatever the case may be. And I use the example um, 
May 11th, we had Gary Cobb on, who is a very unique collector on arena football, and in particular, he's a specialist in all all teams, Buffalo indoor football, especially the Buffalo Destroyers. And that guy's to me, he's a, he's a walking encyclopedia of arena football. It's amazing, really amazing to when when I talk to him. I've talked to him at once um, over the over the past year, and uh, truly amazing what he knows with regards to uh, arena football, which I think is very overlooked in a lot of cases for memorabilia, collecting, and just uh, providing for the history of the sport of football and, and their additions to football um, over uh, to professional football, to say the least. So well, he was a good guest. I enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. We also had a guest that could have talked for probably three hours straight, and that was on September 1st, our first show here in Southport. Uh, Rick Von Blair, who wrote that oh, Los Angeles gosh. Rams book. Man, oh, man. That was incredible. The team that changed the <laughs> NFL. He was fascinating. His book was amazing. Got a copy of it afterwards. Um, yeah. he, he, I couldn't agree with you more. Could have talked for hours. And we, we probably had a handful of guests over the years of just somebody like that where you just you look down at the clock and like, oh my gosh, we only have a couple minutes left. I you know, then we're only through a couple questions. It's, Judy was that way. We ran out of time uh, yeah, last week. Yeah. Yeah. In fact I, I did say to Judy, I said we we should have made it a two hour show. We could we could have probably <laughs> we we would have talked through it with no with no problem. And seriously. It was amazing. Truly amazing. But uh Rick Rick had some great stories, great history of the game. Uh, great time of football. Uh, it just uh, that was wonderful. That was a, that was a wonderful show. Yep. And, and then we had on uh, September 23rd, uh, my last name namesake, Jeremy Swick from the yep. College Football Hall of Fame, and that was a real interesting show. Listening to what his tasks were at the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. And all oh, the man. different areas um, that he's involved in. Very, very. That was a very interesting view of, of the, the Hall of the, Fame itself. The, the process and of the getting people into the displays, how they set up the displays. Yeah, Jeremy. Yep. I, I was going to bring him up as well, Bob. I mean, just one of those guests that uh, you knew that you'd spoken to before. Just, uh, just incredible. I mean, and I, I'm on the website while he's talking, just going through some of the. Uh, some of the displays they had, and he's talking about it, how they acquired some of the items and how they decide what's a display. Yeah, just fascinating. Just somebody who's so close to the flame of the hobby that we love, and it's it's kind of cool. Really cool of him to share. Yeah, it was was definitely a great show, great great informative show, to say the least. And then the week after that, we followed up with um, the – and you're actually you weren't on that that week. Jeff Payne was our guest co-host with Joe Guerin uh, and his Patriots yep. autograph collection. That was, that was a great show to, to hear about all the different autographs. Joe had his passion for autograph collecting and the like, and the stories he had were were very very interesting to say the least. That led us into obviously I'm the Ed McMahon to your you know you know here you know here's Johnny, but. I mean, every once in a while, even Ed McMahon needed a vacation, and somebody stood in. Who that person is, nobody remembers. So, hey, Jeff, exactly. thanks for uh, thanks for stepping in for Ed. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that is true. I mean, you never, you really don't know guests 
guest host or guest co-host for some if somebody's out sick or if they're on vacation or whatever happens. But that's a good point. I have I have no idea who filled in for Ed McMahon on Johnny Carson uh, over the years. So that was more for Jeff than uh, Jeff than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a good friend of the magazine and our, our own personal friend, October nineteenth. Love of the game auctions. Our friend Al Al was uh, gave us some great input, great background on auctions and what's what's going on, so on and so forth. Very interesting to say the least. I dig Al, and I know, uh, yeah, I I dig him to death. Personal friend, Uh, you know, I used to split consignments between uh, you know Spano Becker, you know, at uh, BST and and Al. Just because both just very yep. classy, good friends, classy type organizations who treat you very well, and uh, I, just, I enjoy Al a lot. He's been to my house, you know. He does the consignment runs, and he's been to my house to pick up consignments. It's uh, yeah, he's a wonderful person. He runs a wonderful auction house. Yeah, good advertiser, good friend yeah. of Red Iron Greats Magazine, also. November second, yep. yeah, yeah. we had uh, Super Collector Richie Barrett on our show and he talked about his collection and Richie was a very interesting guest talking about yep. uh, his items and we followed University up on of Oregon. Uh, yep. Yep. his U of O collection go ducks uh, Richie is a dentist to the stars here in Portland Oregon so with my uh, where I live well that's why I was wondering if he was your personal uh, dentist if there was something uh, <laughs> Who's taking care of your dental needs there, type of thing. So, uh, but he, I proudly. Rich has got a great zero cavities, zero got a great collection of perfect mouth. Great collection of uh, University of Oregon items, uh, USFL items. He's working on so on and so forth. Very interesting. And that led us to November twenty uh, third. A uh, person who I met in person. And I hand-dropped off a bunch of stuff to him before we were leaving. Eric Megden, a big New York Giants uh, collector. Great collection of stuff, great team sets, great uh, miscellaneous items of the Giants that he has in his collection. That was a nice show um, that day. And that led us into December 9th. We had Casey Warren. Casey had a great collection that that we talked about. And uh, another almost neighbor of yours out in the west there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we've got some. And then obviously we had Judy Bartolette. And um, actually tomorrow night we are going to have Eric Stang, and he's going to talk about his quest for more Minnesota Viking cards. He is almost complete on owning every um issued Minnesota Vikings football cards from 1960 to the current season, with the exception of a handful of one-on-ones that he does not have. So we've got some yep. very, very interesting guests. We've talked about a great deal of collections, memorabilia, yep. the and, uh, aspects of auctions. I, one, of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite episodes we had, Bob, uh, that, that you missed was number 87. It was the Chicago National Recap. My 
yeah, first national okay. I've been to without a, without a captain, without the, without captain you know Bob Swick there. It was it was it was odd not to have you there. So or it was had, but a lot of good friends there. I mean Jeff put up a you know had a VFC dinner that we all went to, but so you kind of look around the room and it's like no captain, no you know no yeah just interesting. You know, great national though. Yeah. It was uh, it was one show I hated to miss, but again, with everything going on, it would have been impossible oh, yeah. to get out there and and be comfortable uh, knowing yep, yep. what was going on. But in any event, I, I plan on being back next year. Uh, next year, unfortunately, I know a lot of the West Coast guys will not be going out because it's in Atlantic City, and um, it's an interesting venue in the Atlantic City Convention Center. And um, and the like. So uh, this will be interesting to uh, to see what happens next year, and so on and so yeah. forth. But uh, I know from what you told me, from what others told me, um, it was a great national convention. I think a lot of people were battled up. They wanted to get out. They wanted to spend some money. They wanted to physically see football cards and memorabilia and all sports cards and memorabilia. Oh, yeah. They wanted to talk physically to people once again, uh, interaction, so on and so forth. So it was a great time for the hobby, to say the least. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I really hope everything is much more normal next year, which I got a feeling it will be. Uh, so you know, things will just uh, shows will take place as, as normal again. The national will be in good shape, and uh, things will, things will be back to normal. Now, over 2021, because there weren't that many shows at the beginning of the year, as things were reopening, so on and so forth, auctions were happening every which way. And and this part, I'm going to hand off to you, Joe, and talk about some of the major auction items that you saw. I know you picked up a few things. What really happened this past year in auction? Wow. Just, uh, right, and it's it's a it's a tough topic to talk about right now, just because we're in right in the middle of the Sahara Desert of auctions, and just towards the holidays, right after Thanksgiving, right, after right before Christmas and New Year's, no auction houses run auctions. They just figure everybody's distracted, and probably rightfully so. But I'm looking at auctionreport.com right now. Uh, they don't advertise with us. So it's just a. It, so I just I bring it up. Just it's it's a site that I watch most auction houses uh, advertise there, so that you can in one nice spot know when auctions are starting and, and going. Um, I'm looking at it. There's a couple of auctions running right now, but they're nothing auctions like JG autograph. Just people you don't hear of. People that have eBay esque things. Uh, Heritage ended about uh, two days ago with a nice auction that had some stuff in it, but uh, there's nothing. There are no auctions coming up in the next three weeks of any consequence, Mm -hmm. and it's depressing because you know me, Bob. I love a good auction. I I love looking at stuff. And how are you doing? Yeah. So a little depressing right now. Coming up, no no auctions. I'll survive, obviously. But uh some some well, pretty a, amazing this is the time frame i've always said that you know people normally shut down for 14 days the two full weeks christmas new year's week uh new year's uh day week and um you know then, then 
figure what's the date going to be January 3rd that Monday things are going to go back you know things will start picking up ever so slowly so on and so forth so it's it's, it's a time for rest it's a time for reflection it's a time to step back from auctions so on and so forth but again we saw a lot happening this past year yep uh REA had an amazing auction that ended about two three weeks ago that had just a swath of unopened items uh, as did mile high uh, I managed to, I, I think I've mentioned this, Bob, but I, I got back on the unopened bandwagon. Uh, and mm-hmm. I have an idea, you know, uh, I have an idea where I'm going to put a display up in my office. And I uh, got some recommendations for some glass displays that hold uh, graded wax pads. Pick one up that holds about 20. And, uh, you know, it's got a, uh, you know, a glass, you know, cover that's UV. And uh, so I started collecting more graded wax packs. I dipped my toe in, and and then I jumped in. I can't involve, Captain. So I'm officially <laughs> back in the unopened, un- unopened market, and I'm looking forward to putting a display in my office that just has, you know, 20 or so, you know, unopened wax packs. Uh, pretty cool. So I ended up picking up about six of them in the REA auction, uh, including some pretty rare ones like a 62 Fleer, um, <laughs> stuff like that. I don't know, I'm enjoying that. Um, really, the big thing that is in my sights right now, but is probably beyond my wallet, is I discussed this. It's a uncut sheet on eBay. It's 1958 Topps football with the iconic Jim Brown rookie card on it. Uh, right. 58, 58 came in two sheets. So, um so this, uh, excuse me, it came, uh, 58, 59 came in two sheets. 50, 58 uh, came in one sheet, 132 one cards. Sheet. Yeah. One sheet, uh, 12 by 11, 132 yeah. cards. And so it was, uh, it was a pretty small set, but right there, upper right-hand corner, second from the right top row, Jim Brown rookie card. I'm looking at it now. I've been in contact with the seller. He just wants too much. And so really when you and I were discussing topics, the the best auction item I've seen is one that I that is sitting there like a giant middle finger on eBay to me, just saying I'm too much. I even offered to fly down to Reno where the guy lives and and just kind of like it just can't come to a price agreement. And at some point, you know, you know, at at some point, you know, the the, well, the there are no historical 58 tops uncut sheet sales in history there's no comps for this uh this is the only one i've seen uh and when he and i were talking well, it's like you know he's like, he's like obviously you're the buyer you're you collect a lot of uncut sheets let's just discuss the price uncut sheet that had sold at uh heritage i believe early in the year and I'm like this has a babe ruth in it you know a ty cobb a red grange and a jim thorpe I mean, this has a bunch of superstars, and this went for you know fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You know, you know, yes, fifty-eight is rare, but it's not double that. So, it, you know, I'm just trying to comp them with star power and stuff. We just haven't been able to come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Also, also, well, you know, it's, my it's a classic example of you know, obviously he feels he has a very rare piece, which he does. But he also yep, has yep. to be realistic about what the price is for, for the simple reason, I, you know, I there is a limitation, believe it or not. 
I don't have to tell you. There is a limitation as far as as far as I'm concerned, as a, as a value of something, you know, that is very narrowly collected one way or the other. Yep. You know, that, that's the whole thing. So that's the problem. We very you know, narrowly collected, like you said. Yep. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're the expert there, so that, that's what it comes down to. So that that uh, you have the handle, you know what you're, you know, you're the expert on it. So he he should be able to uh, understand that a little more. But whatever is what it is, and that's it. Who knows? Hmm. He may call you one day. It is what it is. I accept your yeah. offer, and uh, we'll get together, and that's it. You know. So yeah. how how about you, sir? What was your favorite auction items to come around and the, the one thing I, I enjoyed looking at was like you all the unopened material I didn't have I didn't have anything that um, to me I didn't bid on anything really because everything going on but just to see all that open unopened material again brought back a lot of nice memories for me and and I really enjoyed enjoying seeing that and I'm glad you're picking up the bug because it's it's a great element of our hobby with regards to uh, collecting, you know, a great addition to your to your collection, to say the least. And I know because I, you know, I pretty much almost had in a complete run of wrappers from the 48 Bowman, 48 Leaf, all the way up to the current year. And, um, you know, half of me wanted to keep it, but then the other half of me said, I, you know, it's time to move on with it. That's it. You know, I did what I could with it, and I'm not going to do any more with it. But with unopened, uh, you'll never go wrong. But for you, in your case... And this has always been my belief. Your uncut sheet collection, by far and wide, surpasses anything out there. That's the way I feel about oh. it. Because again, oh, how you. many sheets? How many sheets actually are still in existence? Number one, and how many sheets are going to be found in you know in the future? I I venture to say very very few. You know what I mean? So I think it, you know, it's, uh, it's just incredible, incredible to see those on touch sheets, so yep. on and so forth. So I'm pretty very, happy. very, uh, very interesting, to say the least. But uh, I didn't, I didn't have per se something that blew me away completely. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that blew me away over the over the year, but the unopened wax and and the memories from that uh, were very, very uh, interesting to me, to say the least. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been it's been fun to to look forward to get back into it. Um, you know, um, I, I think we had Steve Hart with BBC on last year. You know, and that, that right. you know that was after you know some really really good experiences. Uh, you know, emailing back and forth with him. You know, to get some stuff graded. Uh, pretty fascinating. I, do I trust it? Is anything one hundred percent? You know, I, no, it's not. So, I mean, I, I definitely know there's a risk, you know, when you're buying stuff, even when it's BBC, you know, E-sealed, you know, et cetera. So, I don't know. It, but you know what? I'm really, really enjoying seeing, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, unopened wax boxes sitting on my shelf. It's very nostalgic for me. I'm, and I'm really enjoying seeing the wax packs there. Uh, uh, you know, we love this hobby, and we should be able to, you know, display it. That's what my plan is. Right. Right. I'm going to really enjoy it. That's, that's the one thing I'm having a tough, tough time right now because everything is in storage, 
I really can't pull anything out at night yeah. and just look at it, you know, or pull out a, a media guide that I have and just, you know, skim through it again just to look at it or even reference, you know, reference stuff. Because I do like looking up stuff. But, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta enjoy, you gotta enjoy your displays and you gotta enjoy what they, what they look like, so on and so forth. I know I ordered a couple of large, um, for lack of a better term, bookcases with storage underneath them for the new house. And uh, I just can't wait to get the stuff out of out of the boxes and display it again, just to see it again. I mean, it's, I miss yeah. that, to say the least. So, uh, what do you what do you miss the most? What do you what do you I, want I, to thumb through? I miss my my run, I, my run of football cards, uh, because inevitably, I would pull a binder out at least every three, four days and go through it and just look at the cards again. I mean, I have all my cards in eight or nine pocket sheets in binders. And uh, obviously I have nothing graded. So I have everything in, you know, in the, in the nine pocket or eight pocket sheets. And it's fun to, fun to look at, you know what I mean? And I could go back and look at a card and say, gee, I I really got to upgrade this card. But then I also remember how I got the card so half of me says, well, I should upgrade it. The other half of me says, well, you know, I know where I got this card. It's got a lot of history to it, in my opinion, and I'm going to keep it the way it is type of thing. And, again, all the shows we talked about, the leafs and the miscuts and, and the trimming of them and so on and so forth, that binder of my 48 and 49 leaf sets. And I was always saying to myself, how is it possible all these years later that all these cards are now found in incredible condition. I could never <laughs> rationalize that as long as I live. And again, when I had all my note, my notes available, I'd go back and say, well, I went to this show, um, you know, a lot of local shows, I would find one or two cards type of thing. I mean, they're VG if at best, you know, oh, a yeah. lot of my cards in my 48 and 49 leaf sets are fair good. They're, they're not in great shape in any way, shape, or form. So where did all these cards come from? It's just amazing to me. You know what I mean? These perfect so, cards. Again, that's, that's been a hot topic yeah. on and off. And you know what? I, I, you know, they are doctors. That's it. You know, if you want a real 48 leaf set, I can show it to you. This is, this is the collecting, the collecting um, condition that I collected the 48 and 49 lease sets over roughly a, a 30 year period or so. You know, that was what's available in the market. You know, that's it. That's what it comes yeah. down to. But yeah. Is, is what it is. And that's what, you know, we, we don't, um, we don't have control over it other than, than to educate people about it. And that's it. But I got to yep. say this, my run and my binders, I, I do miss at this time. And uh, I'm praying everything is in the way I packed them uh, in buckets. And uh, once I open them up again, everything will be in good shape. So uh, we'll see what happens. It won't be long. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully you'll be out of the condo and into the house. I mean, I think you told me it was like two or three three months to go. Yeah, um, we've been down here. Today's day 124 that we've been in Southport. We moved August 18th into into this condo. Oh, We're still waiting. So uh, we've had three change dates. And um, I won't tell anybody that the new change date is this Friday, Christmas Eve, 
And I know it's not going to be bet, but, uh, you know, like Brenda said, it's too bad they just can't get a, you know, huge group of people that are doing what they need to do, and they get in there and just finish it, and we can get in. So 75% completed. So we're down to the last 25%. Good, good. A uh, uh, couple other – There was a couple other – I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to – as I was thumbing through my notes from previous shows as well, there was a, a show we did at the end of last – at the end of uh, 2020, I beg your pardon, and it was just kind of a tribute to, uh, you know, Josh Leland, who had been on the on the show once. And you and I were talking earlier right. about that you felt you could have talked to for hours. And Josh was right. definitely one of those. Uh, and we had him on the show in 2019, early 2019, I believe. I remember okay. where I was when we were talking to him. Uh, and I was just laughing and we were all just, you know, di- you know discussing the, ho- the hobby. And he's been in the hobby a lot longer than – I mean, than, than me, which often most of our guests mm-hmm. uh, and And then at the end of the year, you know, when he passed away last year, we, we did a tribute show to him and talked about him briefly. And I just thought uh, that, that one kind of resonated with me because we don't, we don't lose that many, you know, friends of, of, of our hobby, you know, especially ex-guests. So. Yep, yep, yep. And it's, and uh, he's a big lo- it's a big loss to the hobby when he passed. And I know Leland's continues to this day um, being a very very strong auction house, one of the one of the most honest auction houses out there. Yeah. Um, big big uh, supporter of Gridiron Greats Magazine also. And you know he he set up his his auction house so it will survive after him. But he's sorely missed in the hobby. I really. Yep. I can only imagine the tempo around the uh, booth of Leland's at the National with him not there. His presence, he had a very domineering presence in the hobby. He was very uh, well-liked in the hobby. He was very accessible. He was willing to talk about anything uh, to a new collector to help them uh, in an auction or helping people who had no idea what they had to bring it to auction and realize prices that are, were unbelievable to the consignees. Uh, It's to me, you know, we need more people like that in the hobby. That's all I can say. There are, there are many good auction houses, many honest people, but um, he was definitely a uh, commanding figure, domineering figure in, in our, in our hobby and definitely missed, and that you know that pops into my mind too. Uh, we lost Pat Mills, who I had unfortunately I hadn't talked to him in a while. Um, I did not realize I find out after that he was ill and he passed away. He was only fifty nine. Uh, Pat and I go back, went back many many years in the hobby trading cards. He was also another person who started writing for me on my old football uh, times newsletter. And I was just utterly shocked when I found out that he that he passed away a few months ago. And um such a shame. And he was and he was a big Chicago Bears fan. He uh, had a great collection of Bears items and football cards and the like. And he had a very strong passion. He loved Bears and variations on cards. Had a big collection of them. And that, that was a shame when I heard that. 
And I feel bad I didn't talk to him for a while either. That's that's the other thing that that bothers me. But uh, I don't know. Life gets in the, the way of things, and that's it. You know, that's what happens. But uh, again, I don't know too many people have lived forever. So it is what it is. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. That's right, a great way um, to put it, yeah. You're not a subscriber to Good Iron Grace Magazine. What are you waiting for? We got our 75th issue that's going to be coming out in the middle of January. Check out our website for subscription information, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. Now, we've got about 13 or so minutes left, Joe. A um, couple other points I want to talk about. New cards. Your thoughts. I know you don't collect wow. them. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's going on? I just feel like, I mean, I, I want to, Bob, you know, but as you know, I think I mentioned in a show several months ago, I went on, you know, Target and bought some unopened. Right. Uh, I didn't open any of it. I just put it away. And I, I think that's more of what do they call it, uh, you know, fear of missing out, you know, FOMO. Uh, right. You know, I, I did it more of a, you know, well, what if there's a star in here? But I also know my you know, place in the food chain of, you know, the hobby. I'm not the guy who's buying, you know, hundreds of boxes of wax pack and putting them in a warehouse and hoping in, you know, eight, nine years they're worth something. I'm the guy who eight, nine years from now buys it, you know, from the person. Uh, The only modern wax I have is 2000 SP, you know, that's Tom Brady's, you know, rookie card. Right. It's 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 the only unopened I have past 1988, uh, and uh, um, well, I guess I have some 89 Largent, you know, uh, 89 Pacific Steve Largent. So I, I guess you know, but hey, okay. you know, you know I'm that year. <laughs> but it's yeah, that, uh, that I, is a do it. that was a step. I think you're going to say I iconic. That's the trade with people um, that I knew throughout the country to finish that set. The 89 larger. This was back in 89, 1990. I, I had, yeah. we got like a stray box in at the card shop I was working at. And I bought a bunch of packs of them and I opened them and I said, well, this is pretty interesting. And I said, this is going to be a tough set to finish because you can't find these anywhere. Especially out in uh, New England at the time. But anyway, oh, yeah. so, um, I, I think, again, um, I bought a bunch of those packs from 2021 just out of boredom here and I opened them and I just said to myself, I I do not know how anyone can put together anything out of these. It it made no sense to me whatsoever. What was going on with the coalition, all the chase cards, so on and so forth. And again, with uh, Panini not getting the contract and going to fanatics, are we going to have cards? I really don't know. I have no clue. And that's kind of uh, unsettling, in my opinion. But it is what it is, and that's it, you know. Not, yeah, not that, much we can do about it. I know you mentioned you bought a few things this year. Yeah, I bought some the, unopened uh, open wax. 2021 score playoff and uh, one pack of 2021 Donruss, and um, which are obviously all by Panini, anyways. 
but um, not, not not overly impressed with it at all. I really I was disappointed more than anything else. And what was interesting, I figured at least I pull a lot of Packers out of it. I I think I got like four four Packer cards out of all the packs I opened, which was I thought was pretty funny. So um, whatever, that's that's just the way they are, and that's it. That's how they're collated, and that's how they're selling them, and they are what they are, and that's it. Simple. But uh, yeah, I would I would not I would not recommend anybody. Um, you know, missing the mortgage payment this month to to stack up on 2021 score football, if you know what I mean. So, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, I just uh, it, it's it's the uh, old man get off my porch phrase you and I have talked about before. Where it's I have no idea. I mean, just when you think about even, I mean, take, you know, take you know Patrick Mahomes. You know, what is his rookie card? I mean, he he's got to have you know, 500 cards that, you know, that are imprinted in the same year, you know, there's just, I don't know. It's just, you know, the, the Panini refractor, chrome, green, red, yellow, and then the unchrome, it's, it's confusing to me. And I, I, I yeah. struggle to chase it. I look at what's going on in the base or the, excuse me, the basketball card world right now, where it's just the black chrome and this and, you know, and all this stuff. And it's just, it's, the the, the the shiny one of one stuff has uh, has taken over, you know. I guess yeah. it's a sad day. When, you know, it's a it's a sad day when the you know whatever it's called the two thousand playoff contender, you know, you know Tom Brady card with the gold, you know, badge instead of the silver badge. You know, you and I had a topic you know, on a show, you know, 15, 10, you know, 10 years ago, whatever it was, six-figure cards. And we were we were talking about, you know, the, you know what could be a six-figure card or what could be a six-figure item. And, uh, yeah. and, then, you know, and then we started having several cards that were six figures. I mean, the Nagurski's up there, the Namath 9, et cetera. And now it's like, you know, there is $1 million card and it's owned by a Tom Brady. Everything else is a close, close second. I mean, you know, yeah, what yeah. do you think, you know, you know, at a 65 tops name of PSA nine would probably go for a quarter million now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, but whatever it is, the most expensive football card shouldn't belong to a card that's 20 years old. Call me old, right, right. and I'm not that old, but it's, it's just, it, it should be a Nagurski, you know, it should, it should be something. I don't know. It's it's fascinating. And especially and especially if you look at the game last night that he played in, you know, he became a very real football player last night. The, the man, you know, <laughs> he is that perfect. That's the way I look at it, you know. So, okay. Yeah. You're you're right. I don't think either a card that's 20 years old should end up being a $1 million plus card. It is what it is, and that's it. In a way, it's very good for the hobby, and in a way, it's very bad for the hobby. So, uh, it it you could you could equate it to, uh, say, you collect at one time stamp collecting was very popular. A lot of people collecting stamps knew there were certain stamps they would never collect because of the cost of them. So it's the same thing with football cards now. There's certain sets. I you know somebody's a Tom Brady collector. They know darn well that's not one card they're going to be ending up having in their collection unless they have unlimited income. And 
that's like I said, it's good and bad for the hobby, and I, I'll just leave it like that. There's not much else I can say, one way or the other. Yeah. With it. But it is, it is what yeah. it is, and you know we got to deal with it, and that's it. I just so um, me. someone will pay a million dollars for a, you know, you know, for a twenty-year-old car and that a card, and that's that's gambling, I guess. You know, I don't know. Yeah. To a very large degree, it is awesome. I mean, that's what it, what it comes down to. So, um, you know, again, if we did not, if the hobby hadn't gone through so many different wax pack breaks, if the hobby didn't go through so many um, one of ones of certain cards of certain star players, I, I don't think a lot of that would have happened as far as a run up in price that we're seeing. On certain cards. Yeah. So, again, it is what it is. That's it. And we've got to deal with it. We've got we to gotta go with the flow of it. Uh, again, I've said this numerous times. I'm a dinosaur in the hobby. I don't like seeing a lot of stuff I see. There's nothing I can do about it. And that's it. I just make a comment on it and let it let it pass and be done with it and move on. And that's what we're going to do. That's it. But, again, I really feel if I had, a, I had that much disposable income, I would put together a 35 national trickle set. I would um, pick up some shot wells. I, w- I would, you know, find obscure items of the history of the game rather than something that new and that prevalent uh, from a player who, you know, re- in reality probably only has a few more seasons if he's really going to play. And, yeah, he's a very, very good quarterback. Many people are going to argue he's the best that ever lived. I can see that also. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you want to own 101 and pay a million dollars for it, so be it. That's the way i got to look at it. So um, that's the hobby today. While we, on the other yeah. hand, we're talking about paper artifacts from years ago, which to me have greater historical value and probably should have more dollar value or basically be, being given away. So it's, it's, it's an interesting contrast in the hobby, to say the least. But it is what it is, as I always say. All right, we're yep. down to roughly four minutes. We're going to go into our two-minute warning. And, uh, Joe, other thoughts, other areas you want to comment on? Ah, it's, been a good, it's been a good run of shows. We got a little bit behind. Some of that's on my schedule. I apologize, Captain, but... Uh, I, 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 I'm constantly saying it. I have the best seat in the house. I get to talk hobby with the captain, you know, uh, 50 times, or, you know, excuse me, 20, you know, 25 times a year. And uh, it's fun seeing the guests you come up with, uh, just their reverence for you, you and your station in the hobby. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. And I, uh, there's been several times I've found myself sitting here listening to people talk about the hobby, about a topic I'm very interested in, and then I've lost my cue. Where I'm like, oh, hang on, I'm up. It's my it's my turn now. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it. it's interesting. It's interesting to listen. And I always said this a long time ago. Everybody's collection is different. It's unique. Uh, there's no, no such thing as a bad collection, and there's no such thing as, in my opinion, I've always said this. One person's collection is not better than another person's collection. If you like collecting just pocket schedules, cool. If you just like collecting yearbooks or media guides from football teams, that's cool too. 
You know, and, and we've we've had the full gamut of, of people and what they collect over the years, and it's yeah. it's pretty interesting to see what people really collect. You know, and and, and uh, I've always liked a variety of stuff in my collection. I always always take a um, I have a soft spot for any paper memorabilia, ticket stubs, programs, yearbooks, media guides, pocket schedules, uh, player photos, team photos. Uh, written letters from coaches, players, so on and so forth. That, to me, that, that's, I love that stuff. I always love it. Marketability, I can see it, it's dramatically different than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago in the hobby. I really can see that. And it's almost like a shun today, which it shouldn't be, because it, it is historical as far as I'm concerned. And like I said to, to Judy, and, um, you know, Try to find an NFL team that still actually prints an actual media guide. They're few and far between. And I really don't feel like going on the computer and I even snuggling up with the media, you know, the 2021 media guide or whatever team type of thing. I'd rather just pull the book down and, and, you know, read what I want to read and be done with them. So that's changed uh, dramatically over the years also. I know, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting to see how he evolves, so on and so forth. But uh, I guess that's that's where we uh, where we we can really wrap it up in, in in pretty in a few sentences. The hobby continues to be the hobby, and if um, we treat it as a hobby, we'll enjoy it. If we treat it as a business, that's the person's prerogative. They want to do that. If they want to buy a card and treat it as a stock mar- as a stock in the stock market. Be that be that it may, you can do that too. Whatever anybody wants to do, they can do in our hobby, and that's yep. it. That's, that's all we can say about one it. Of my, one of my favorite parts of the show is uh, we we have a I don't know if people notice, you know, that our listeners notice, but we have a, a standard question that we tend to ask all of our guests. It's uh, most of the time it's the last question that we ask them. Do you yep. have any advice? for uh, other collectors listening in. And, Bob, the number one answer is always collect what you like. Collect what you like. Collect what you like. Don't chase. Don't get into shiny chrome refractors because there's money to be made there. Uh, you know, collect what you like, and and the, and the rest just falls in. And uh, it, yeah. it may seem boring, but I really, really like that answer. And I, I think the last six or seven guests have said that. And I just I have a tremendous amount of respect when people say it. It's just collect what you like because this is a hobby. It's not a business. And, you know, and you, you should be collecting what you like and having fun. So I don't know. I really enjoy that question. I really enjoy the answer. And on that note, we're out of time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, actually tomorrow with another show. So we'll be talking then. Take care.